now. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shades of Strong, where we are talking about all the things that shape, make, and sometimes break the strong black woman. I'm Cheryl, and that is not here today, but I do have a special guest, Miss Lynette Bradshaw. And she's going to be sharing some of her story with us. She has a very unique story in that she's gone through some challenging things in her life. She's going to be talking to us about how she lived for 40 years, just letting anger and frustration and fear control her both internally and externally. So Lynette, welcome to the show. I am beyond stoked to have you here. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Lynette, before we go into to your story and all of this awesomeness that is you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, why you do it, and what sets your soul on fire? Well, like you said, I'm Lynette Bradshaw. I'm a published author, and I write under Lynette M. Bradshaw. I own Restore Her Words. I'm a coach and a podcaster, and what I do is I work with women who, through traumatic experiences and unaddressed emotions, they've forgotten who they really are. Mm-hmm. So I become a tour guide for them, and I take them on a journey through a five-step process. We work on their mindset and their emotions and everything in between so they can be the best version of themselves that they desire to be. So how'd you get in that kind of work, Lynette? From life experiences. (laughs) I wanted you to say that. I was like, I hope that's that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because that that, that takes me right into what we're going to be talking about. Okay. Like, Like I mentioned earlier, Lynette had mentioned to me that she's been living for 40 years or had been living well, let me back up a little bit. When I asked Lynette what her strong black woman experience was, the first thing that she said was my experience was exhaustion. And I can honestly say I've never heard anybody say exhaustion. And so then she went on to say how she was how she had been living for 40 years with anger, frustration, fear, and just allowing that to control her. So Lynette, what was the source of the exhaustion? What was the source of those emotions that you were experiencing over a 40 year time span? Well, it came from as a child, as a teenager, and even as an adult, feeling like I wasn't worthy, feeling as if I wasn't enough, searching for love because I didn't feel that I had that. Mm -hmm. And learning at a young age or deciding within myself that I had to take care of me because no one else was going to do it. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel safe. I accepted what anyone gave me as being enough because that's all I felt I deserved. Mm -hmm. And even as I became an adult and I got married and I was married for 20 years. I still carried all of that with me and trying to put on this persona that I'm okay, I'm strong, even if no one else acknowledges it, it became exhausting. Mm -hmm. It became as if I was suffocating from the inside out because when you're trying to be something for other people that you're not, it is exhausting. So for so many years, that's all I knew. I became strong by necessity because, as I said, I didn't believe that anyone else would protect me or take care of me. So I put up these shields that said, OK, I got me. If no one else does, I got me. But I really didn't. OK. And you also mentioned that you that you were hiding behind this mask of pain. And you mentioned a little bit about about your childhood. Was there some event, some traumatic event that had you in this place where you felt like I can't let people? who I am. What What is it that caused you to hide? Well, like most of the things that I've experienced, they started in my home as a little girl. Mm-hmm. I felt as if my mom and dad didn't need me, didn't love me, didn't mm-hmm. appreciate me, didn't want me. 
because of what I didn't receive from them. So when I started my search for love and acceptance, I didn't want anybody to know that I was hurting. But what I found out was that that people could really see that I was hurting Mm -hmm. because the people who didn't really mean me any good, they could see my vulnerability, even though I was hiding it. I thought I was hiding it. So I walked around with a mask of becoming a chameleon, which is what God told me that I was. I became a chameleon. So I became who and what I believe the people around me expected of me in order to be accepted by them. And living that life for over 40 years, I really became exhausted and fatigued in my mind and in my emotions and eventually in my body that turned up in depression. So you went through all of that and then all all of those undealt with emotionally turned into depression. Yes. Okay. And so and so you also mentioned that a lot of this pain was a result. Uh, I'm seeing hair loss. Your hair was not growing properly, was not healthy. You had some bald spots and all of that. And that you were also bullied. Did this yes. bullying take place as, as a young adult or in school? When did, when did the bullying? The bullying started when I was a little girl. I remember times when my mom would be upset with me. She would call me a bald-headed heifer. Oh. And when I started school, that seemed to be the focus of a lot of the bullying. It's mm-hmm. like if they couldn't say anything else, they could always talk about my hair because it was always breaking. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom did what she could, but she didn't know how to take care of hair. So my hair was always breaking off. It didn't look healthy. It wasn't healthy. So there were times when my classmates and my teachers would make comments about my hair in front of my face. I looked at my hair as being the defining thing for my beauty because a lot of the girls that I saw around me, they had long, beautiful hair, or Mm -hmm. at least their hair didn't look like mine. That became a definition of my beauty. That became a definition of me being enough. And I lived with that up until last year. So would you say that the fact that you were going through this, this hair story, that a lot of that also led to you hiding and feeling ashamed and being overwhelmed and frustrated. Were these emotions a result of the hair story? You know, I honestly can't say that it was. Mm -hmm. Um, As far back as I can remember, my hair was always unhealthy. But the turning point for me came in 2014. I got up, I got ready to go to work. I had prepared that day to go and get my hair cut and shaped because you know, I wanted to feel good and I wanted to look good. And I was at a place in my life where I felt healthy. I was on the other side of divorce and I kept feeling as if something was wrong with my hair. But Mm -hmm. for some reason, for years, I wouldn't look in the back of my hair. I would always fix the front and assume the back was okay. And as I was getting ready to leave home, I felt this need to look at the back of my hair. And when I did, it was all gone. It was all gone. And what was left in the top was just strings and down to my skull, really. And I, mm-hmm. I heard myself just wail because it seemed as if everything that I had endured as a little girl, as a teenager, as an adult concerning my hair, just all came in that moment. And I heard myself wail from somewhere deep inside of me because at that moment I was like, oh, God, what happened to my hair? Right. And I you know, and my daughter was standing there and she's like, what happened? And I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak. That 
moment was so traumatic for me that it felt as if someone had died. How old, how old were you at that time? Like, that was 2014. I just turned 51. So four years ago, you know, it was four years ago. And, and so you just woke up one morning and your hair is gone. Well, what happened is because, you know, I have fine hair. So mm-hmm. I hadn't put a relaxer on my hair for about six months because I had decided I didn't really need it because of the fineness of my hair. So I have a background, a license in cosmetology. So I knew that if I decided to put a permanent color, I could go two weeks. Well, I went three weeks after a permanent color before I relaxed it. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that when I was relaxing my hair, it felt like paper. But I thought, you know, maybe because I hadn't done anything to it for a while that, you know, that's just how I felt. Mm-hmm. But I felt something wasn't right. But again, I never looked in the back of my head for years. So mm-hmm. I just fixed whatever's in the front. And to this day, I still don't honestly know why my hair came out at that point. Well, let's talk about the emotional scarring. I, I know you said um, it started in childhood when your mom would look at you and, and say, call you a bald-headed heifer. I can't imagine what that, what that must have been like for you emotionally. How did that affect you, even, even from a child growing up into adulthood, being bullied? And how did, how did you come out of that space? How did it affect you? And how did you come out of that space? To say I came out of that space would only be because of God. And mm-hmm. it took over 40 some years to do that because, you know, it's just like when you see an animal that's in trouble. Even the animal knows they're in trouble, so they drop their head. Mm -hmm. So every time my teachers or my mom or someone would say something about my head, I would drop my head Mm -hmm. as if, you know, just feeling ashamed and feeling so ugly and feeling like I was standing outside myself looking at myself and Mm -hmm. feeling as if I was invisible. That's how I felt the majority of my life is that I was invisible to everyone around me. You know, they only saw this ugly, unattractive person. The hair was just one of the things that they chose to to talk about. But I felt invisible. And I kept trying to figure out what can I do with my hair to make it beautiful? What can I do to feel beautiful? But when it came out, it took three years before I felt comfortable because I had to wear wigs. And it's one thing when you choose to wear a wig, but when you have to wear one, Mm -hmm. that adds to the emotional scarring also. And then I found out that there was something a little bit deeper in, you know, in this struggle, because when my hair came out, you know, it was already very popular with the natural, natural hairstyles. But when my hair came out, I I started replaying these words in my mind that says, nobody's going to love you with your hair like this. Men aren't going to find you attractive because you don't have any hair. Those were the same things that replayed in my mind and spirit from a child. And it was just amazing to me how, because of this traumatic situation with my hair, how all of that flooded back to me and Mm -hmm. made me feel exactly the way it did when it first started. So when I started wearing my natural hair, I took vitamins. I used all kind of hair oils. You know, everything that people would say will help your hair to grow, but mine just wasn't growing. And there were parts of my hair that still wouldn't come back in, you know, like the front parts or the sides. And I would go to bed a lot of a lot of nights and just cry and say, God, what's wrong with my hair? Why won't it grow? I'm trying all these things. I'm doing all these things, but it just wouldn't grow. And so, you know, last year in December, I decided enough was enough. 
I came to a point where I said, I'm tired of my hair having control over me. I'm tired of my hair determining if I feel beautiful. I came to the point where I said, this is not about a man. This mm-hmm. is not about being accepted. This is mm-hmm. about me taking control for myself for once mm-hmm. in my life concerning my hair. So I decided that I was going to shave the back and the, in the um, sides of my hair. And what I did to make sure that I wasn't trying to still get acceptance from other people is I waited until I was at peak. I waited until I was past the point of needing someone to say, you look good. It's pretty. I love I waited until I got to the point of not needing anyone to say anything. And that's when I went and got my hair cut. And just going through that hour or so with my hair getting cut, it started the process of freedom for me. And I was so proud of myself. And, you know, people did say that it looked nice. But what I also discovered was that a few months later, I would still be in the midst of trying to love me where I was with my hair. So I used to look, when I first cut my hair, I started seeing women all around me that were bald or faded with short Mm -hmm. hair. And I was like, where did all these women come from? I never Mm -hmm. saw this many women with their hair this short. And they they wore it so confident, bold, and it encouraged me. Now, when I cut my hair, I still had to look in the mirror and I said, God, help me to love myself for who I am now. Help me to love myself for the woman I see in the mirror. Because the same confidence and assurance that I sat in that chair with and had my hair cut, I need to walk in that daily. But I had to pray myself through it, Mm -hmm. pray myself into that confidence every day. And from December 2017 up until May 2018, my hair still wouldn't grow. But I, I, I understood then that I was still concerned about it growing. It's like there's different levels of healing. And I had pulled back one layer, but there were still more. So I started thinking again. I was like, you know, this still has control over me. This is still, you know, I was hearing, you know, don't cut your hair. Your hair is your crown. And, and so what I started thinking, I was like, God, is my, is my hair really my crown? You know? When, I, when it came out, I felt exposed. That's the thing that, that really hit me is I felt exposed. Even mm-hmm. though my hair had never been long, I felt that with it being gone, I felt exposed. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had nothing to hide behind anymore, even though it wasn't wow. hiding me. Does that wow. make sense? That makes perfect sense. I love that. Yes. Yes. So I, because I, I think I think I just want to interject here because mm-hmm. I think as women that we get so caught up in, in our outer appearance that we don't realize that all this effort that we're putting in is us in, in a way hiding when mm-hmm. we will not accept who we are at the core. And for you, I hear you saying that this mat, this, this hair was kind of like, it was keeping you in bondage Yes, <laughs> because you, because you, because here you are thinking that I, I'm not beautiful because my hair is not, is not growing properly because it doesn't look like somebody else's hair. So now, right. now, now you're in bondage as a result of that. And I think as women, a lot of times that we go through that because we don't look a certain way or, you know, whatever the case may be with our outer appearance, that mm-hmm. that oftentimes keeps us in emotional bondage. Yes, and we have, we have to find a way to free ourselves for that. And I, and I hear you saying that I cut all of my hair off. I, well, not all of it, but you say you shaved it 
on the sides and in the back and mm-hmm. that you felt free when you did that. You felt exposed mm-hmm. when you did that. So when you say exposed, that's not exposed in a bad way, right? It was both. Okay. I've, I felt exposed in a bad way because, again, I thought the hair I had on my head was covering me in some way. Mm-hmm. Because if I had hair, that meant that meant that I would be more attractive to, mm-hmm. you know, the guy that saw me or, mm-hmm. you know, people that would accept me because I have hair. Because the other thing I wanted to say was that I had this idea in my mind that when someone saw a woman who was bald or nearly bald, that there was something wrong with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or she looked like a man, or she's not as pretty as the woman with the long flowing hair. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? I'm still working to discover that. But I realized that I was still fighting that image of beauty. And I was still fighting the idea that if I had hair, I was accepted. I was loved. Even though it wasn't what I wanted, it was there. And so from December to May, of this year, I started peeling back different, different layers uh-huh. of, of this process. And I was coming to this place again. I was like, you know, my hair is still controlling me in a way because I'm worrying about if it's going to grow and why mm-hmm. won't it grow? Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to do these things. And, you know, I turned 51 this year. So the other thing was, I felt like my hair aged me. Go figure that. I felt like it aged me in a way. And I wanted something to make you know, make me feel beautiful, make me feel as youthful as my, my mind is. And then I started thinking, I said, what if I cut my hair a little bit more? Because I'm still worrying about it growing. So there's something else going on here. So I did my research. I started looking on YouTube for uh, women who shaved their heads, women who, you know, were totally bald. And I came across a lot of videos with women who had medical issues, you know, alopecia, Mm -hmm. all these different things. And they were shaving their heads and how free Mm -hmm. that they felt. So I start, I I remember I told my manager at work, she was the one, I I don't know why I felt the need to tell her like I did when I cut it in December. I said, you know what, I'm going to shave all my hair off. And she looked at me kind of strange, but Mm -hmm. that was my way of vocalizing what I had come to, what I had decided to do. So again, as I'm looking at these videos and I told my daughter, which she's a huge support for me, mm-hmm. that I was going to shave my hair. And she's like, are you sure? I said, well, I'm getting there. I'm mm-hmm. getting to the assurance mm-hmm. that this is what I want to do. So I did all looked at all the videos. And again, I went through that process of making sure that I didn't need anyone's okay, mm-hmm. that I didn't need their approval, that mm-hmm. I didn't need them to say, well, that looks good on you. And so I asked my ex-husband to cut my hair. And because we were married for 20 years, he knows my struggles with my hair. And he's like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, I'm sure. But I didn't expect when he started cutting my hair, how emotional I was going to become. And I told him, I said, we're going to start at the back because this is a process. My goal was to cut all of it off. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's start at the back. And my daughter was saying, why are you crying? I said, because this is hard for me. You know how when you you finally find that courage to let something or someone go right. because you realize that they're not good for you in one way or another. They mm-hmm. may be good in themselves, but for you, they're not good. And you make that decision within yourself that I have to walk away. That's mm-hmm. how I felt in that moment, that my wow. hair is good, it's beautiful because God gave it to me, 
but right now is not good for me. And so I started crying and weeping. And the further up my head that he got, the stronger I became. And he's like, he showed me what he had cut. I said, no, I want it all gone. So we got to the top. He cut all the sides. I took the clippers and cut it myself down the sides and the back. I didn't want anything there. Uh-huh. And I, you know, again, I have a background in cosmetology. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to front. We're going to leave the top. I'm going to shape it up. And when um, I took and did it myself, that was so empowering and freeing because yes. for the first time in my life, I didn't care that my sides were bald. I didn't care that I had hair here and no hair mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I could look at the back of my hair and I wasn't intimidated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm natural. So when he left, I shampooed my hair, I styled it. And the next morning, mm-hmm. I, well, I dyed it red the, the, when he finished it. The next mm-hmm. morning, I felt beautiful. Wow. I felt strong. I felt as if I was in control. Mm-hmm. I felt so good. <laughs> I felt so good. You know, it came back to your hair is your crown. Yeah, yeah. But to me, I became the crown that day. Girl, you better stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I became the crown. And every that day, the healing process got inside of me. And more I embrace, regardless of the hair, regardless if it's there. Because I've looked at it. I'm like, okay, do I want that up there? Or do I want to cut that off? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not concerned if it's growing back and it's been growing back and I keep shaving it right back off because I feel that as, as women, we use, as you said before, we use these external things to determine if we're beautiful, if we're mm-hmm. acceptable, if we're good enough to be loved by another mm-hmm. human being. And I believe that when we take control over that thing that controls us, then that's when we gain our true power. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I love that because my saying, and if you, if you, if you go to my website, you'll see this somewhere. My saying on that website is the strength of a woman is found in the power of her naked. Yes. And that just, I mean, for me, that just, just, I don't, I, I know God dropped that in my spirit when I was working on this podcast because we are so accustomed to covering up and not just covering up on the, on the outside, but we're, we're so accustomed to covering up our feelings and our emotions, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But when we can learn to uncover and get naked, we experience that freedom that you're talking about. And I can hear in your voice, Lynette, like seriously, I can hear in your voice that when you did that, when you woke up that morning, you became the crown girl. Your voice, yes. just, like your voice, elevated when you said that because you set yourself. Yes, and the courage that it took to do that. And I'm glad that you said that the healing is ongoing because a lot of people think I can do this one thing and I'm good, but healing is an ongoing process. It's mm-hmm. constantly evolving. I don't think we ever reach a point where we are completely in a circumstance. I think that we, we continue to go through that. And like with your hair, you said, as soon as it comes on, it, it, as soon as it grows back, I shave it up. And that's because healing is a, is a continual process. What if you didn't shave it off? Hmm. What if you didn't shave it off? How would you feel when you wake up in the morning? Would you still feel like you are the crown? No, I wouldn't. I know now that I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. 
um, my daughter and I, we just came back from vacation and I was like, she's like, your hair is growing back. I said, I see that. That's crazy. Cause she told me before I cut it, she's like, you know, just like boys, when they cut their hair down, it grows back in a matter mm-hmm. of two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to me how the back and the sides are growing, but I really don't care about it growing. So I took the <laughs> clippers, I took the clippers when I came home and I shaved it back off. I, I yes. shaved it, shaved it bald. And it's just great because yes. I finally took control of that for mm-hmm. what years controlled mm-hmm. me. And, you know, when, when, you, when you think about hair, you also think about there are women who are bald. There's mm-hmm. women who only wear weaves. Mm-hmm. There's women who have natural hair. They look at, they may look at women with relaxed hair and have some judgment on that. I feel that whatever makes a woman feel gorgeous, mm-hmm. that's what she needs to do. Absolutely. absolutely. But I at agree a, with you 100%. Yeah. And at, at, but at a point when she identifies herself based on that hair, then that's a problem. Absolutely. absolutely. That's a, because what happens if, if that's how you're defining yourself, what happens when you don't have it? Right. If you're just, de- if you're defining yourself by, by um, the length of your hair, the texture of your hair, if you're defining yourself by the, the color of skin, the melanin in your skin or the size that, that you are, what happens when you are no longer that? Exactly. Exactly. That's when we have to get to that place of being exposed. And like I said, I felt like my hair was my covering, even though it wasn't and exposing myself it was exposing myself to the possibility of being judged, mm-hmm. of being ridiculed or, or bullied in some sense, mm-hmm. the way that I was when I was a child. So it exposed exposed me the wounds that I hadn't dealt with inside of myself. And my journey, of, you know, when you said, how did I come about doing this with the, the women that I serve is because it was my life's journey. I believe that I am an example, a testimony to still where I was, that this is what possibility looks like. This is Mm -hmm. what healing looks like. And this is what ongoing healing Mm -hmm. looks like. And to let them know that you don't have to remain in that place. You know, it's for me was hair for me was insecurities and all this other stuff. But the, the root of it is we have to love ourselves. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I interviewed another young lady who, um, who was living with alopecia and she shaved all of her hair off. But she, but she said the same thing that you said. In order for her to get to that point, she had to get to the root of what she's afraid of. And for you, that was maybe people won't look at me the same or maybe I'm going to look like a man or what if I don't like it? And so she had to dig deep, just like you're saying you had to dig to figure out exactly what she was afraid of. And I'm saying that because even, even if it's not your hair for my listeners that are out there, even if it's not your hair that has you in bondage, maybe it's, maybe you, maybe you wake up sad and, and, and overwhelmed and depressed. You have to get to the core of what it is that's causing those emotions. And that's what Lynette is saying today, that she had to dig deep in order for her to get her healing. She had to dig deep Mm -hmm. to figure out what was really going on with her. And that healing is constantly evolving for her because every day I I feel safe in saying that, that I feel like you're searching yourself to what is it that what else is it that I need to deal with? Right. Right. That's exactly what I'm doing. And on this journey, what I've discovered is in order to heal, it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is you have to peel back those layers, all that stuff that we pack down. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that we denied that's really there mm-hmm. in order to, you got to go back and get that stuff. You have mm-hmm. to go back and start digging up the dirt in your soul and your mind and your spirit and begin to, to find what seeds are there. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they've been laying dormant in some way, still alive. Right. So all those emotions that we don't want to deal with and feel that pain, that's exactly what we have to do in order to begin the processing or continue the process. But I want to say that it's, it's painful, but it's necessary. Because it, it, it does hurt. It hurts to open up those wounds. Yes. It hurts. But like you're saying the, that you experience like, oh, but it hurts so good. Like, really? <laughs> yes. exactly. Oh, but it hurts so good because it's going to heal you. It will not heal you, mm-hmm. but it will heal you. Yes. I just, I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I just want to go, go on record as saying is Lynette was a little nervous about this interview, but <laughs> girl, she is like doing such an amazing job right now, like really putting herself out there. And that in itself takes courage to be able to share your story with somebody else. Lynette, that is courage in itself. That, and, and I know for a fact that she was nervous about it because when I first invited her on, she's like, oh, I don't know. But here she is overcoming her fears, sharing her story in the hopes that it will make a difference in somebody else's life. And somebody else will hear her story, story and say, if she did it, I can do it too. And it doesn't have to necessarily be about your hair, whatever that area is that you need healing in. Mm-hmm. If she did it, I can do it too. So Lynette, thank you, girl, for You're welcome. Overcome for like like you ran full speed ahead right into fear. And I, I actually watched a live that you did. Um, it may have been earlier this week, and you were talking about fear is a bully. Yes. 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 I watched a live that you did, and I and I had never heard anybody refer refer to fear as being a bully. But here you are, girl, you find your bully. I see you. (laughs) I see you like she like Lynette. Lynette and I, I think we've been friends on 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 social media for a little over a year, I think. Yes. But I just recently reached out to her because I I realized that she had a podcast. So I looked, I listened to her podcast and we just kind of connected in that way. But to see you, Lynette, like honestly, you like over to just walking through your fears and not just walking through them, but overcoming and sharing your story. Like it does my heart good because I ain't gonna lie. I really thought she was gonna bag out. I'm gonna be honest with you. I went. I, mm, I almost did a couple times, but then I kept. Okay, God, what is right? Right. Because he he started show over twenty as he was from different things. Every time he healed me, I would have to get up and speak about it, whether it was uh-huh. in church or at a women's seminar. And I said, why do I always? It's not your. Business. It's not your business. It's not for. Mm-hmm. And what I what I discover every time I pressed. I figure out stronger than you thought you were. Yes, 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 yes. And and I'm glad you said that too, Lynette, because I've heard a number of people people say, you know, I, I, I'm tired of being strong. I don't want to be a strong black woman. But I don't think it's necessarily that we don't want to be strong. We just want to define what strong is for us. Right. Because you are, because we are strong when you, you, we are stronger than we think. That doesn't mean abusing yourself mentally and emotionally. That's not what I'm saying. but. I think that for us, we just need to redefine what strong is for us. And when you go through something like this, like shaving your hair off, girl, you're stronger than you thought you were. You see what I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with with being strong. And so I want to put that out there for the women who are saying, I'm tired. I'm tired of being a strong black woman. I'm tired of being strong. Let's just take the word back. Right. Because I mean, there's so much negativity that's surrounding the word. So 
as black women, let's just take the right. It doesn't have to be negative. It can be positive because you are strong when you when you run through your fears. You are strong when you take when you build up the courage to get the healing that you know that you need. You are strong. Yes, you are strong. You know, I wanted to share with you how that process, if I keep Mm -hmm, the, the process of fear being a bully, there's different experiences in my life that caused me to, you know, fear being in closed spaces in some type of way connected with the fear of water. Mm. Um, So while my daughter and I were on vacation, I had been trying to get to the ocean for a long time. When I decided where we were going to go, I was like, it has to have an ocean because water is real. And so I saw her get in the water. She can't, but she doesn't have a fear of it. And she was enjoying herself. And my prayer as I sat there on the beach, God, I don't want to get this close and not be able to experience this. Mm. I don't want to miss out on the opportunity daughter mm-hmm. in this water. She knows what my situation mm-hmm. So I sat there and I prayed in the scripture to me, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power mm. and of love and a sound mind. So I got up, I walked down, down to the ocean. And each time I did that process, praying, getting up, walking down, I went further into the water. And I reached down and I let the water, you know, touch my legs as the waves were thrown. And I kept saying when I was sitting on the beach, I said, God, fear is a bully. Mm -hmm. And he he took me back to when I was bullied when I was a little girl and as a teenager. And he showed me bullies are just afraid as you are. They just Mm -hmm. haven't been challenged. Mm -hmm. So whatever fear we have, whether it's not thinking we'll be wanted or accepted or loved, we have to challenge that. Absolutely. What, what's in our mind? What's in our soul? What wounds have we not dealt with that tell us that we're not going to be loved? We're not worthy to be loved. What is bullying you inside of you? Because it's not about the external things. It's what's bullying you on Absolutely. the inside that you haven't challenged. Absolutely. Girl, you better say that. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, that is just, that's an amazing question to pose to yourself. Like, what is bullying? What is bullying you? What bully is keeping you from walking in the fullness of your death? What is right. it? And right. then when you discover what it is, you have to do like Lynette did and look it right in the face and say, you will no longer bully me because that's what you did with that water, right? Right, right. That's exactly what you Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to get ready to wrap it up because me and Lynette could just go on and on and on <laughs> and on, but we will not do that. <laughs> so we're going to get ready to wrap it up. But before we wrap it up, Lynette, I want to know what are your parting words for, for, for our listeners today? There's one thing you want them to take away from your experience, from your story, and from this conversation. What is that one? I want them to believe in themselves. I want them to find the courage to look themselves in the mirror and admit to themselves, I'm broken. Mm-hmm. I'm hurt. I'm still feeling some things. But you know something? I'm going to face my bully and I'm going to overcome this. Listen, this has been an amazing episode. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you. I know that our listeners are going to bless by your testimony, by your story. Thank you again for being on. I know you and I talked about um, you are doing a revised version of your book. So yes. tell us tell us a little bit about that and where we can find it, when you expect to release it, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, I am working on the revised version of my book. It's called The Journey to Uncover the Real Me, Finding Myself Through God's Love. It will be found on Amazon and at my website, RestoreHerWorth.com. But if they want to um, keep up to date with me to let, so they'll know what the book name is and when it'll be available, um, they can follow me on Facebook at Lynette M. Bradshaw. That's my business page. So yeah, we'll have all of Lynette's, Lynette's information in the show notes of her episode. All of her in- information will be listed, at, listed there. 
Yeah, we're going to get ready to get out of here, guys. But before we go, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We are so very appreciative. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Shades of Strong. Tell us what you thought about this episode. Again, that's Shades of Strong on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can leave us a voice message on the website at ShadesOfStrong.com. All right, we out. Things we never did before